0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCAD.com, And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk
2: fans, and welcome to the drive sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at gopowercat.com and a man across the studio with ScottChasingTheFog.net. Scott, I thought Kansas was going to play it close, mm-hmm. and then it didn't happen.
1: Yeah, look, it was close for a while, then it wasn't. But hey, what did we say last week? We said that the line, 27 and a half points, was too high. And Fitz, I, I hate to give us too much credit, but we were exactly right. We nailed it.
2: Scott, nobody gives us any credit. We've got to blow our own horn. That's how it works around here. You can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13, and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode, don't fret. You can listen to an audio-only version of The Drive that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we start things
1: off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well Fitz, K-State seemed to be cruising against Southern Illinois, and then quarterback Skylar Thompson was injured. What went wrong, what went right in the Wildcats' 31-23 victory?
2: Uh, first, let's start with Skylar. It was uh, awful to see. It, mm-hmm. it appears it's an ACL, probably season ending. The guy comes back from a really bad injury last year, goes through all that, and then the knee just goes On a non-contact play, it's just absolutely bizarre how it happened. It took the air out of the team. It took the air out of the stadium. Um, I mean, because it was more than just an injury. It was just unbelievable that this could happen to a young man two years in a row. Just almost a freakish injury. And K-State wasn't the same after that. And fans want to blame Will Howard, the backup quarterback who was thrust into the game. Uh, Look, K-State had three turnovers in a row. One was a Howard fumble and one was a Howard interception. The fumble came because someone came just unblocked and clean right into his face and he didn't really have a chance. And there was also a Deuce Vaughn fumble, which set up an easy touchdown for Southern Illinois. And he hadn't fumbled in a football game since his junior year of high school. So just some oddities took place. K-State goes to the locker room, Scott, down 23-21 after, as you said, they were cruising. They looked like they were in control. In Southern to their credit SIU cashed in all of those opportunities got on the board took the lead and K-State seemed like they're in trouble because the offense was completely lost with Skyler Thompson out for the game and then in the second half they found just enough that worked. they started running the ball they leaned on that offensive line and the running backs who all had really good days not just Deuce Vaughn but Joe Urban and Jaquardia Wright also ran the ball well they took the ball out of Will Howard's hands in most cases, but he did have a really nice completion down the stretch on the final drive. They scored 10 points in that second half and they got away with the win and it wasn't pretty. But at the end of the season, you look at the wins and the losses. And I, I've told people this over and over, 2011, K-State opened with Eastern Kentucky and not very good team. And struggled to win 10 to 7 with Colin Klein at quarterback. And next thing you know, K State is rolling with Colin Klein at quarterback. So don't overreact. Let's see how this plays out. Nevada's up next, and they're pretty darn good.
1: Yeah. Fits. Uh, on the injury note, it, it, sometimes it just seems like it's worse when it's non-contact than when it is contact. And um, obviously really unfortunate for Skylar Thompson. Hope he can get back as soon as possible whenever uh, that ends up being. But I, I thought it did show good resolve from K-State that, you know, so many things did go wrong kind of going into halftime. And then they really cleaned a lot of that stuff up. It wasn't a, a super explosive offensive performance, but they didn't let that spill over. I thought that mattered.
2: Uh, you've got to be able to line up and run the ball, and that's what they did. You know, that play by Skyler Deuce Fawn went up the middle, bounced it out, and he went up to try to block, and it just went. Yeah. And uh, it was just awful to see. He was wide, wide open, all alone, and down to the turf he went. Well, Kansas fell 49-22 to Coastal Carolina, but Jason Bean had a big game at quarterback for the Jayhawks. Scott, what did you think of the North Texas transfer?
1: Well, Fitz, I thought a lot more positives this week from his performance, uh, especially compared to last week. You know, accuracy was an issue last week, just going through progressions, making big throws. I thought there were a lot of things that were problematic, but in this game, you saw him kind of roll around. I mean, that that's an NFL caliber throw. I'm not saying he's an NFL quarterback, just that, that singular throw. Jason Bean completed passes of 35 plus yards to three different wide receivers Kansas certainly would have taken it last year. He had a 34-yard touchdown run that you just saw, a 46-yard touchdown run that you're about to see. On the first one, he got about no blocking. On that one, he got excellent blocking and was able to use his speed. That one was a designed run. Uh, Fitz, I was extremely impressed with Jason Bean, especially Jason Bean, the thrower. Uh, I think those running plays will get a lot of attention, and rightfully so, because those are plays that quarterbacks don't typically make. I mean, running backs don't typically make some of those. This was a guy uh, who was doing track and field in addition football he's incredibly fast but I think the thing that stands out at least to me about Jason Bean was that he used his mobility to extend plays to throw the ball that's something Kansas you know Kansas really hasn't had that Kansas has had mobile quarterbacks I would argue Jalen Daniels last year was a mobile quarterback but Jalen Daniels mobility kind of extended to you know something's breaking down I'm going to take off and run and, and maybe not having the understanding to avoid a hit and kind of save himself for another play Jason Beam brings some of that maturity to where, you know, if that, you know, if the, the comfort level rises in the offense, I think you not only have a quarterback for this year, you've got a quarterback for next year. And if he wants to use a super senior year, you're probably ready to say, hey, you've got a quarterback for the next few years that you can build around. Now, he still has some things that have to be better. He should have thrown one interception. The ball, I think it was overturned. It, it ended up being incomplete. There was a miscommunication with the wide receiver. Kansas offense as a whole only scored 22 points. Now, they did go 0-5 on fourth down. They would have kick three different field goals to get to 31 points but the game was you know it was a lopsided margin they were going for touchdowns they weren't just you know trying to pad the margins at that point so uh, I actually thought it was a pretty complete a pretty good offensive performance but as we'll talk about Kansas has a lot of issues to clean up I just don't think quarterback was one of them
2: well no he was really good and if you have a quarterback that can extend plays Mm -hmm. manufacture more time to throw or take off and run like he's capable of and man he can move your offense is gonna to start to relax because they don't—they know they don't have to be perfect. The quarterback can go do something for them.
1: For sure. Well, uh, with Iowa State and Texas losing, it seems like it's down to Oklahoma if the Big 12 is going to put a team in the playoff. Also a reason why the playoff is not the best pro- uh, format. Uh, Fitz, is it a problem for the league that Oklahoma seems to be the only team that can break through in this format?
2: Yeah, it is. It is, and uh, you know, but I, I gotta say this, when the Big 12 gets to its new setup, and we'll talk about that later, someone will emerge, someone will step up and, and be the team that uh, kind of dominates, at least maybe they'll rotate through it. And I don't even think Oklahoma is looking that impressive this year. I just, I, I don't think the Big 12 is quite the way it's been. What Iowa State did is utterly horrible, disappointing, and I can't imagine being an Iowa State fan and having all your cash in on this season. This was gonna be the big year, and then you struggle against Northern Iowa and you lose to Iowa. Uh, That's just deflating. As for Texas, let us all unite in the celebration (laughs) that Texas is not back, and even when they're going to the SEC, they're going to be miserable, and I appreciate the fact that Arkansas, pig suey, won convincingly.
1: Yeah, well, Fits Texas, uh, I guess it lost its first SEC game, if you want to consider it that. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Obviously, Texas is a great program, has you know, a lot of money, a lot of eyes on Texas, it, and the value of that program is huge. But Texas starts in the SEC as like the sixth or seventh best football program, and it's actually going to have to build its way up, especially when you include Oklahoma. I do think it is a problem for the league because, like you, I agree. I think someone will eventually emerge, but, man, you've been counting on Iowa State for a few years to say maybe they could break through, maybe they could really contend. Uh, You've been counting on Texas when they had Sam Ellinger and just saying, yeah, maybe one of those years, maybe they'll break through. Uh, There was the year with TCU and Baylor where both of those uh, programs were in a great position to break through. Neither one of them ended up doing it. Um, I I think that is a concern for the current uh, construct with four teams. Uh, Obviously, if the the playoff is going to expand to eight, to 12, to whatever, I think that's exciting. I think that gives you a chance to get a team or two in. But I think there should be some concern. The longer it stays at four, and even if it stays at six, I just don't see many paths for the Big 12 to get a team in there once Oklahoma and Texas are gone.
2: Yeah, that's why the Big 12 needs, in the new format, needs to really support at least going to 8, if not 12. I think we're going to end up at 8, and the champion will get in, and that'll be good for the conference. It gives them an opportunity at least to play on the stage. Mm -hmm. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in.
1: Well, last week's question was, do you expect the Big 12 to stay together beyond 2025? That's when the media rights agreement comes up. A, yes, 69%. Most people think the Big 12 will be sticking together. B, no, 31%, about a third of people saying no more Big 12 in the long term.
2: 31% of the people have no hope. They've just (laughs) given up. Oh, man. Here's this week's question. Will Kansas win a Big 12 football game this year? Speaking of hope, A is yes, more than one. B is yes, just one. And C is no. Vote on our Twitter page at the drive 13, and I say they will win a half game.
1: Okay. Well, Kansas getting a little bit more respect after being a 27 point dog to Coastal Carolina. But uh, that will do it for this half of the two minute drill. We will be right back with more on KU and K State on the drive.
0: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
2: Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center. Well,
1: Fitz, if Skylar Thompson is lost for the season, how does that change Kansas State's team outlook this year?
2: Uh, Look, Will Howard's a different quarterback. They've been raving about Will Howard in practice. A lot of fans are a little upset because they were told Will Howard had looked great and wonderful, and Chris Kleiman called him the, the best backup quarterback in the nation, and then honestly kind of stunk. So it really comes down to if K-State can run its offense with Will Howard. That's really it. Or by miracle, Skylar Thompson's injury isn't as bad as once thought and he can go back out there and play. The thing is, is K-State's offense needs that mobile quarterback. We just talked about that with Kansas. They need to have someone that can move around. You can see it in the highlights here. And someone that can create time really is essential to this offensive success. Will Howard's capable of everything. He can make all the throws. He can run the ball. He can do the things that Skylar Thompson can do, except he's a lot younger and far less experienced and doesn't react to things quite the same way that Skylar Thompson might. So, um, you know, I, I don't think really it impacts him that much if Will Howard can rise to the occasion. And I, I had a lot of fans ask me about Jake Rubley, the true freshman. He's not ready to play. He's not where Will Howard was a year ago. So, uh, they were going to ride Will Howard. And this Nevada game is big. And Skyler won't be back for that. And if he comes back this season, it'll be later in the calendar. But for now, they're going to have to make an offense work with the pieces that they have and figure a way to be creative enough to uh, you know, make enough offense to outscore opponents. Very basic, I know. The defense is playing great. They pitched a shutout in the second half. They put K-State in a position to win, and that's going to have to continue. The defense is going to have to hold opponents in check enough that the offense can outscore them. It's very basic stuff, but uh, I'm a little worried about it. Fans are a little worried about it, and we'll just see how it plays out. But just pick off Nevada, go to Oklahoma State, which looks winnable and try to build some momentum and get some confidence instilled within Will Howard and with everyone with Will Howard. Yeah,
1: Fitz, will you allow a quick baseball comparison?
2: Okay, bring it on.
1: All right, Moneyball, when your best players go out, Uh that word you use, manufacture. You've gotta have everyone pick up a little bit more slack, find ways to put points on the board. I think that's what K-State's looking to do right now. Yeah, I
2: think they'll probably move to the ground game a little Mm -hmm. bit more than what they planned, but we'll see how Courtney Messingham, the offensive coordinator, approaches it. Well, Scott, the quarterback spot was a positive for KU, but what about the negatives? What does Kansas have to do better moving
1: forward? Well, Fitz, you're not just being the K-State guy being negative. There were a lot of negatives in this game. That's how the margin goes from, what, it was a six-point game early in the second half and ends up at 27 to where I think fans were just rooting, depending on where you got that spread throughout the week. Can Kansas cover? Can Kansas not cover? I know it drove people crazy. They had three field goals that would have given them the cover. They turned each of them down. So, uh, look, starting defensively, E Coastal Carolina's offense is really hard to play against. They have so many, you know, options, spread concepts. They give different looks to you. And then they've got a quarterback who, uh, you know, Grayson McCall was way better than anyone knew he would be last year. And now he's, you know, got at least a little bit legitimate uh, kind of Heisman buzz around his play. He's not going to win it, obviously, but uh, it's a very good offense. So um, I came away with the Kansas defense thinking, you know, it's probably not as good as it looked in game one. It looked great in game one. It's probably not as bad as it looked in game two. The answer's probably somewhere in between. And I think Kansas fans will get to see that with games against Baylor coming up. Then you get to play a Duke team that doesn't look very good at all. And then you get some Big 12 tests where you're going to find out. There won't be any questions about how good this defense is by the end of the year. You'll know. I think it will look better, though, moving forward. Now, offense, there were uh, some problems, too. I thought Devin Neal looked great at running back. He got way more use than he did in the first game. Felton Gardner, to me, still struggles a little bit. The, The white zone is so tricky to run. Uh, Because you're kind of, you know, moving laterally and you have to find that perfect moment to, you know, turn and go upfield. And for a guy like Velton Gardner, who's so shifty, he's kind of liable to take himself from maybe a loss of one or a gain of zero and and lose more than that because he's trying to make a play. That happened with a play. It was second and 11. I think he would have lost a yard or two, maybe uh, ended up losing eight on the play because he tried to run around a guy when, you know, quite frankly, you don't really have that speed in the college game. Special teams need to get cleaned up a lot. Uh, That's been a a common refrain of Kansas. You had a blocked punt, recovered for a touchdown, a blocked extra point, a missed field goal that didn't count uh, because of a penalty. I, I think there are some things on special teams that Kansas does a lot better, punt coverage being one of them. They have more starters playing on those kind of coverage units. So I think those have gotten a lot better immediately, but you have to clean up the details. You can't be giving away touchdowns when you're punting the ball away. Same thing with extra points. You can't give away free points in this league. You
2: can't be bad in special teams. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be bad in special teams, you better be really good in the other aspects. Mm -hmm. And Kansas isn't there. They have to be better in special teams. They're never going to get over the hump. Mm And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well,
1: Fitz, let's go back to realignment. Yes. The Big 12 is set to add four teams, but Hey, more could be on the way, according to CBS Sports Reporting. What do you think of expanding past the 12 teams once OU and Texas are out of the league?
2: I'm personally in favor of further expansion, but people need to understand this would be with the next media rights deal. It wouldn't be right away. They've got four more years, three and a half more years on this. It ends in the summer of 25. So after the 24 football season and the 24-25 basketball season, all their media rights end. It'll be lower. You don't want to get in a situation where 16 teams lowers it even more for each school. You want to be able to get it increased enough to make it sustainable for the schools. I'm in favor of that, but the problem is, are there enough schools out there to bring value? And and they saw value in three of these schools, honestly. Cincinnati, Central Florida, and BYU all brought value to the table. Houston, not quite as much because football's struggling a little bit. Football-wise, this is gonna be a tough conference. You look at it, Cincinnati's in the top 10, BYU's ranked, and Central Florida, I saw the poll, I think they were one out, they were 26th. So this is gonna be fine. Are there gonna be schools in the future that they can bring in and, you know, really make the conference better? But here's the thing that I think they're waiting on, Scott. I don't think the SEC's done. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of talk about the SEC trying to collect all the best programs, the traditional powers, and put them in one super conference that would rise above all else and have their own TV deal, and they may not even play everyone else. I don't see that working, but if it does come to pass where they go into the Pac-12 and take out four teams, then the Western expansion might be able to pick up some Pac-12 left behinds. We'll see how it all plays out. I'm really excited about the new conference. It's going to be a competitive conference, and it's going to be a lot of fun in both football and basketball. It really is going to be knock your teeth in every night. It's going to be a very entertaining brand of sports.
1: Yeah, it won't have the power at the top, but I mean, you're going to have 12, maybe more teams in there that you're just going to feel like, geez, can I get a break at some point? And then maybe you'll play Kansas football that week and it'll be a little bit easier.
2: Exactly. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metal supporting people in living their best lives. Head on over to Manhattan check out Metal Ark. Our fan question is, can we get some 2021 Chiefs predictions on the record? Kate and Lawrence wants it. Kate, I'm going to make the first prediction for you. The Chiefs will rally to beat the Browns in week one. <laughs> I wow.
1: think I think Fitz is looking into a crystal ball that might be a television in another room. Yeah,
2: yeah, yep. It, uh, look, I think the Chiefs are going to be good, but the first game shows how difficult the NFL is. There's so much parity. You miss a few parts, which they were on defense, they can get in trouble, but I think we'll see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl just not going to be an easy journey. Sunday was not easy for the
1: Chiefs. Yeah offensive line has to gel better. Andy Reid probably has to coach better. Some timeout timing Mm -hmm. decisions that I think he'd gotten better at kind of regressed today but yeah a lot of promise obviously for the Chiefs and I think we both expect them to kind of pick it up as the year goes. Uh, Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13 and when we return we will look at our predictions here on The Drive.
0: Welcome back as we head down the home
2: stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take Mm -hmm. a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results. Oh boy. Here we go. The viewers went 2 and 1. Actually, the viewers tied on the KU Coastal game. So we gave you the benefit of the doubt, gave you the win. Okay? You feel good? Mm-hmm. Remember us at Christmas. I went 1 and 2 cuz I stink at this. Scott went 3 and 0 oh because he's on illegal substances that enable him to perform better. This week's picks start with Kansas plus 17 and a half versus Baylor.
1: Scott a lot of respect to Kansas after, again, the 27-point line it's at Coastal weird. Carolina. I think Kansas is an improving team. I think Kansas showed that it can play teams closer. I'll, I'll take Kansas in this one.
2: I'm going to take the Bears. I think that's their hand signal or a sign of help. I need a <laughs> Scott.
1: Uh, next is K-State plus 2.5 versus Nevada. Fitz, I actually like ne- Nevada, Nevada, whatever it is. I'll actually take them in this one.
2: How about that? They Nevada, I say, he says Nevada, opened as a favorite at manhattan it's i I was a little surprised Mm -hmm. by it i'll take k-state i think they're going to win this game it may not be pretty but i think they'll win our last game of the week is from the 1980s (laughs) (laughs) oklahoma minus 22 and a half versus nebraska that's right oklahoma and nebraska will be playing a lot of through traffic in kansas Uh, i'm going to take oklahoma
1: i would take oklahoma plus 30. Yeah, Fitz when, we line, I, yeah well, I, Fitz. when we were setting this line, thirty. Yeah. Well, Fitz, when we were setting this line, I was like, if it were forty, I might consider it. Like, I, I think Oklahoma is going to stop Nebraska. I don't think these teams are on the same plane. So yes, I will take Oklahoma. No,
2: today. I'm going to enjoy it. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Now it's time for our on the clock segment. On the clock, sponsored by Carpet One. by local for a strong local community. Mr. Scott Chasen, take it away.
1: Well, Fitz, I mentioned some of the things that went wrong for Kansas. It's also why I tweeted out after the game that that was a 27-point loss that didn't feel like it. Kansas was within six after a three-and-out stop of Coastal Carolina and then a score to start the second half. Kansas went for it on fourth down five different times. Didn't get any three of those times. They passed up field goals. They missed an extra point. They missed a two-point attempt. You put all of that together, add in a blocked punt return for a touchdown, you had a Kansas team that was about within, give or take, 14 points on the road with Coastal Carolina safe for just you know the small margins on a few plays so I think that's a lot of progress for Kansas I think they'll be very happy with that well
2: Skylar Thompson went down with a severe injury Chris Kleiman his head coach went out to see him and broke down in tears that's when you knew it was really bad seeing a head coach cry was a little bit uh, just unnerving mm-hmm. and maybe it took the life out of the team in the crowd but man They'll show that to every parent being recruited by K-State. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.
0: Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season.
1: Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.